So this morning I would like to give a guided meditation on uh, feelings and uh, be attention or choice, choiceless awareness as it's coined by certain teachers. We have already gone through different instructions that keep on unfolding actually. Building on each other. So today we are going to explore the world of Vedana. The Pali word Vedana comes from the verb called Vedeti. Vedeti in Pali it means to, to know, to feel. So to know your feelings is actually the contemplation of mindfulness of feelings. And the word Sati, which is mindfulness, commonly translated as mindfulness, I like to use more of the Saido Pandita's translation, which is called observing power. So mindfulness means observing power. So you observe the feelings, you observe the body, bodily sensations. Just to give you an overview, uh, feelings are three kinds. Pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. That's a neutral is neither present nor unpleasant feelings. So in our system, this tradition, we don't have mixed feelings. So you can't say, oh, today I had mixed feelings. <laughs> no. For us, it's very clear. Even the Buddha distinguished the ethical qualities of these feelings. Some of it is having underlying tendencies of lust, when it's a pleasant feeling, they tend to arouse, and especially when you're not mindful, pleasant, ten, pleasant feeling tends to arouse lust, attachment. And then if you're not mindful, unpleasant feeling tend to arouse irritation, unpleasantness and aversion and anger. And for neutral feelings, if you're not mindful, then it tends to uh, arouse ignorance and delusion. So it's very clear feelings are not emotions because emotions are even more complicated according to this tradition. So feelings, just remember, is feeling, uh, pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, on neutral feelings. That's what we have to focus on. So they are conditioned, actually. Feelings, they arise to causes and condition when you see something and there's a visible object and then eye consciousness arises and after that there's what we call contact, the meeting of the three, the eye and visible object and eye consciousness, and then after that, feelings arise. Up to that point, there's no problem, but the problem is when you're not mindful, then feelings can turn into craving. And that's where actually our work as meditator lies, to make sure that feelings don't turn into craving. Let's say for pleasant feeling don't turn into craving, and pleasant feeling don't turn into aversion, and neutral feeling don't turn into ignorance and all that. But it's not going to come in a moment like this. It's work that you have to do slowly by slowly, and then you can deal with it. Of course, if uh, uh, craving arises, so you deal with craving the way you deal it, you do uh, as a hindrance. Or if aversion arises, you deal with it as the way we have already said. In one discourse, the Buddha talks about feelings as like winds in the sky. Sometimes it's cold, sometimes it's warm, sometimes it's dusty. The same with feelings, actually. Sometimes it's pleasant, sometimes it's unpleasant, sometimes it's neutral. So as you don't contend with bad weather, uh, or changing weather like in Massachusetts, change, the weather tends to change a lot. I remember I stayed here for one year. One time I would put in a shirt, then when I come, I'm very cold, really. So cold. So even the 
feelings change from time to time and you shouldn't really get angry or upset when pleasant feeling ten, uh, turns into unpleasant. So I'll give guided meditation on that and uh, another thing that I would like to explore is what we call choiceless awareness or bare attention. Uh, already the instruction we have received is more of a systematic uh, mindfulness practice where you have a primary object where you, f- uh, you stay for most of the time, less the, less the breath, that's your home object. And then you have a secondary object where you observe other things other than the breath, like sounds, thinking, and hindrance, and emotions, and other things. And then you can come back to your primary object. So this is a systematic way of, pra- of practice, and it's very good, especially even for beginners, so that you, at least you have a ground, uh, your, your home object, you are grounded there. And the principle in meditation is to be aware of whatever is arising in the present moment, whenever it becomes prominent. So the breath is prominent, you become aware of that, then sound comes like this, the sound is more prominent, then you become aware of the sound, and then you come back to your primary object. So that's a systematic way, a systematic way of practice. But there's also a situation where the mind is overreactive, is restless. Maybe trying to practice like that, it might be counterproductive, and you may not be able to get hold of the mind. So the key is to have what we call choiceless awareness. So you just observe whatever comes to the mind's eye. So it's kind of uh, maybe uh, random objects. The, the objects are so many to observe. You cannot direct your mind to one particular object. At that time, you just leave the mind to pick whatever arises without any choice. That's why we call it choiceless awareness or bare attention. So you don't choose objects like this. This is a primary object. This is a secondary object. There's no choice. You just pick whatever comes. Okay, sit comfortably. Settle back in the present moment. Feel at ease. We start with, of course, with the mindfulness of the body sitting here. This body sitting here because it's very gross. You can be aware of it, the whole body sitting. You can be aware of the sound, internal sound or external sound. Be aware where you feel the breath more distinctly. Actually, the instructions are the same. It's just that we are expanding our awareness to different things. <coughs> Today is the feelings, but it doesn't come in that order. Sometimes the feelings start in the body. But the instruction is we just want to build on the instructions, actually. Though we started with the postures and body and then breathing and then our feelings, <coughs> That's by way of instruction, but from experience, anything can pop up. (coughs) And you don't have to create anything, actually, if it's not present. If uh, the feeling is not uh, not uh, present, don't create them, actually. Just be aware of whatever is arising in the present moment. (coughs) Sooner or later, you're going to observe a pleasant feeling, even when you're observing the breath. Sometimes you feel some pleasant sensations as you breathe in.
Sometimes as you sit, you, may, you might feel unpleasant sensations. So that gives rise to unpleasant feelings. For instance, pain. It starts as sensations of heat, hardness, tightness, and then it becomes unpleasant. It becomes unpleasant feeling. So you might knot it, use a soft mental knot, unpleasant. If it's pleasant, simply mentally not pleasant. If it's neutral feelings, simply be aware of neutral feelings. As you watch the breath, sometimes this neutral feeling is neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Can you recognize what's pleasant? Maybe there is some form of desire or like. I like this pleasant feeling. Then you become aware of the like or the desire the underlying tenets of pleasant feelings. Maybe what's arising in your experience is some discomfort as a sensation and then it arouses unpleasant feelings. The tendency for unpleasant feelings is dislike, you don't like it. So not unpleasant feelings as unpleasant. And whatever arises from that, there's a dislike, irritation, aversion. You can also bring awareness to that mental state. The most unpleasant feeling is what we call pain. See if you can stay with unpleasant feelings without adding anything to them. It's unpleasant. 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 The key is to know as soon as unpleasant feeling arises, you know them as they arise, as they change, as they disappear. So you use investigation quality of mindfulness to know when the feelings are rising when the feelings are changing and when the feelings are passing away.
maybe what's arising new experience is neutral feelings. Sometimes it's very difficult to be aware of them because the underlying tenets is delusion. If it is neither pleasant nor unpleasant, then you can be sure that that's a neutral feeling. Bring some awareness to its changing, its changing nature. It's very important to have a detached awareness <coughs> because it's very easy to identify yourself with the feelings, especially the pleasant one. So see if you don't identify yourself with the feeling. This pain that is arising in your experience, see if you can bring mindfulness to that pain, unpleasant feeling. Unpleasant, unpleasant, without leaning in the past or future what this pain is going to be. No need to lean forward. No need to revisit the past, how the pain was in the last sitting. Simply stay with the unpleasant feeling. Investigate it, how it changes, and let it go. Sometimes the objects are so many in our meditation, one after the other, there's a sensation, the thoughts, unpleasant feelings, emotions, Many, many things can arise during meditation. So we can apply what we call choiceless awareness. Just simply be aware of the object as it arises without selecting or choosing a primary object. This is very helpful when you have a restless mind that cannot set on any of the object. You simply pick whatever objects that come. Sensation, thinking, pleasant, aversion, whatever it is. You allow your mind to be spacious include everything. And when your mind's not overreactive, you can always go back to a systematic awareness where you have a primary object and observing other secondary objects. So you allow flexibility in your practice 
you know when your mind's more focused you know your mind when it's scattered
This was a brief guided meditation on uh, Vedana and uh, just less awareness, be attention. So if you have any question about what I've said, you can ask. Uh, but before you do, I'd like to make a few announcements. So would you mind me an announcement? <laughs> I didn't touch base with you in the morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can put this. We're going to put it under the bulletin board. Make oh. it easier. Okay, so we're going to have a Q&A session today. Tonight. Uh, tonight, and uh, there will be a basket under the bulletin board there, and then you can write, write clearly. <laughs> Maybe print is better <laughs> to save our time, actually, because <laughs> we have to reply to your questions and all this. So if we have to spend a lot of time to decipher what you have written, then we won't be able to even answer your question properly. So it will be better if you really write clearly. Yes. Succinctly. Yes, and succinctly. Yes. <laughs> yes. And also write a question really, like, really direct your experience. And of course you can write general questions, but really uh, it will be very good to really... Uh, zero in questions that are pertaining to your practice. Yeah. We invite general questions, of course, but yeah, remember that. Another announcement? Okay. So do you have any question about what I've said? So that we have said about... One, one more, sorry. Uh, um, the, the schedule's changing a little bit this afternoon, so they should just make sure that everybody's in the hall at 4 o'clock. Yes, the schedule has changed. Make sure that uh, you are here in the hall at 4 p.m. and welcome to the world of impermanence. Things are changing. <laughs> and it's allowed to go and check on the board. <laughs> I won't consider that as a hindrance. <laughs> it's when things go beyond the limit. <laughs> Obsession in the seeing and all this. So, okay, go and have a glance there and then uh, see what's coming up for today. All right, so, yeah. Any question, please? It seems there's so many, I don't know even who started. <laughs> I'm sorry, let me just go, huh? please. I, missed, I didn't understand something you said in the very beginning mm-hmm. about another translation of mindfulness being observing power. Mm-hmm. All right, so the word sati is a Pali word which has been translated uh, by someone, someone in England, <laughs> in dictionary, I think, as mindfulness. So that's very difficult to know whether it's a mind which is full. <laughs> I don't know. But for me, uh, when I, because I studied Pali actually, so. Uh, Pali is a very interesting language. It goes directly to the meaning. Like sati, even it's, it comes from Sanskrit, which is smurti. And this word is still even being used in India. There's what we call smurti park. I was there last year. It's called Remembrance Park. That's where the Dalama came and all that. So there's a big park called smurti, which means remembering, remembering park. Remembrance Park, but uh, the sati, it means to recollect, to remember. That's how it originally started before even the Buddha. When the Buddha came to the scene, he gave the word sati a more philosophical meaning, which means to, uh, uh, to remember in the present moment, what's arising in the present moment, other than recolle- recollection. So we still use it in, the, in some t- uh, some meditation which is called anusati means uh, uh, remembering, recollecting maybe the qualities of the Buddha, the qualities of the Dharma, Sangha, the qualities of peace, <laughs> qualities of um, uh, your generosity and sila, ethical conduct. So we still use it in that sense of recollection of the past and all that. But really, uh, the word mindfulness for me. Uh, Sometimes I don't understand it, uh, so I want to remember the word 
uh, such as to be present aware, to be, uh, to be aware of what's arising in the present moment. So that's what I understand. But I was telling you, Saido Pandita, which is a very, I mean, is a Burmese teacher who is a teacher to Sharon and Joseph and many teachers. And also I practiced with him in Burma and here in the States. He translated the word such as observing power. So for me, that's also, uh, it, it speaks to me than the word mindfulness because I know what I'm going to do when something arises. I'm going to observe it. I'm going to observe it, the, the power of observation. Yeah, so that's what I, can, I was alluding to, that uh, there is an, another way of understanding uh, of the word sati, yeah, observing power, yeah, the ability to observe whatever rising in the present moment. Yeah. Is that clear? Yes. Yeah. Because uh, the word mindfulness has, uh, it has a loose meaning these days when it goes into our daily use, open the, the door mindfully. I'm going to shoot the deer mindfully. <laughs> oh, my friend. Yes, I'm going to... Actually, they use euphemistical terms now. Like they are not using the word hunting. They're just harvesting. I'm going to harvest deers <laughs> in West Virginia where I train. <laughs> so I'm going to shoot you mindfully. So, uh, actually, when you look at where the word came from, it also comes in a package, like with the noble, noble Eightfold Path, there must be a right understanding, right thought, right action, right speech, and all this. So, it's not standing alone, actually. So, now, they use the word mindfulness, uh, like being careful. Carefully open the door. Mindfully open the door. So, for me, it's losing meaning, actually. Yeah, so I like to tune in and find out that uh, it's not only mindfulness, but also other factors involved, like right, right understanding, right concentration, and all these things, along with that mind state called sati. Okay, another question. Yes. Yes, I, I know even the teacher, I've met him, the, uh, the, the founder of that yoga, I know. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I think in Yoga Nidra, the object is the voice of the guide that's speaking to you when you're going into it, I believe. Yeah. So, the, the question is about mindfulness and um, choice. Um, Choiceless awareness? awareness? Yes. So, Yes. So, is mindfulness and choiceless awareness the same as going to that edge of consciousness? Do you, do you know what I'm asking you? I, I'm kind of, um, because there's a place where you sort of nothing's happening. No. <laughs> <laughs> there must be something. You may not be aware of it, but there's something happening. Yes, and then? So is, uh, should you, is, is, is that a different object in Yoga Nidra versus an object of what we're talking about here, where you're going on your journey of meditation? Well, I've never done y y y that yoga. <laughs> I've done different yogi yoga, but uh, I know that uh, what the mindfulness is just observe what is arising, whatever is arising, and if there's nothing that is arising in your experience, just be with whatever it is. Yeah, be with that space. Like for instance, sometimes you are uh, you are breathing in and out, and then there's a gap between in breath and out breath. So there's nothing there. So uh, then the key is just to be with that space, and uh, you can feel it, uh, and then uh, you become aware of this body sitting here. Yeah, there must be something there, but it's not something that direct your attention. You know, because when we are trying to meditate here, we, we try to choose an object, then we systematically 
pick an object and then observe it, then uh, that help us to sharpen our awareness. Then there's at times when uh, the object is not something that you are choosing, it's just uh, like for instance when there's uh, the breathing in and the breathing out and then uh, all of a sudden it's imperceptible. So then you, you don't have to freak out, oh there's nothing happening. There is something happening. The body is there, sitting there, but you haven't directed your attention there. So the key is is now to uh, stay there until yeah, then you pick some object which is gross, like the body. That was not part of your uh, first direction of awareness. But you can become more or less breathing in, breathing out, and then it disappear. Then in, then it disappear. You cannot feel the breathing out. Then you just say touching. But then you, you use the body to fill that gap where there's nothing happening. Yeah, but, but according to good, good psychology, there's always something happening. There's always something there. In other words, we don't have the word unconsciousness in Abhidhamma. There's always consciousness is aware. Those men, it may have a slight object. Yeah. So then when I was talking about choiceless awareness, is actually uh, instead of directing your, uh, your, your awareness to something, uh, specifically choosing it, let's say the breath, the sound, whatever. With choiceless awareness, you don't choose, you just stay there, and whatever comes, you just be aware of it. If things pop up, you're just aware of it. Right. I don't know whether that helps. I've never done the yoga you're talking about. I did different kind of yoga, like Atha Yoga and the Raja Yoga, but not Yoga Nidra. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay, uh, she said that she had the problem with the finding out the neutral feelings. Everything that was coming up for her was either bad or good. No, no, no. Uh. It would come up as neutral, but then I would say, no, I, then I would try to categorize, I would force it into one or the other because I felt like, I don't know, I just felt like there's something wrong with it being neutral. I don't know. Right. Yeah, as I said, uh, that uh, the underlying tenets, the Pali word is called anusaya. Anu means along. Anu means along. Saya means sleeping. So something what is sleeping under there, yeah, so each feeling has something like uh, underlying tenets, like for, ple- uh, for pleasant feeling, the underlying tenets is, is uh, lust, uh, desire, and if unpleasant is uh, irritation, aversion, and then for neutral feelings is ignorance, delusion. So if you're already deluded, uh, you, you won't know it because that's the underlying tenets. So in uh, Buddhism, if, uh, they encourage us sometimes to infer those fe- neutral feelings. You can infer. They give an example of a deer when the hunter is hunting a deer and then it, it reaches a, st- a place where it has a, a rock. Though then uh, the hunter would look for the footprint. And then if he doesn't see the footprint, can infer that the deer must have stepped on this rock and go on the other side. So it's very difficult to really uh, to pin down the neutral, feeling, neutral feelings. But you can infer. But don't force yourself, okay, uh, this is, should be a pleasant feeling, this should be unpleasant. That's very clear. But for neutral feelings, you can always infer that, okay, now I've experienced pleasant feelings, now also I've experienced, uh, experienced uh, unpleasant feeling. Then, in between, there must be something neutral, something like that. Now, to pick up uh, neutral feelings, uh, sometimes it's very important to investigate in terms of change. Right, uh, you find out there's some change going on in your experience, and uh, as you continue to practice mindfulness, you are going to really come closer to where you can feel the neutral feeling. But if there's not enough mindfulness, <coughs> that means 
whenever neutral feeling arises, they're going to slide into ignoring. You ignore, you kind of, bliss, uh, I mean, space out, basically. You don't know what's going on. Yes, but it was with more mindfulness, you can start to pick up. And then you know that, okay, this is a, 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 a neutral feeling. Does that help? Kind of? <laughs> Can you uh, can you see where I haven't touched? Can you point out? Uh, I, I, well, luckily I have my meeting today, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so. Yes, equanimity is not a word. It's, it's actually a process, as you mentioned. By the way, did you hear the question? She, 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 she said that uh, we mentioned about many hindrances like uh, aversion and the anxiety and fear and restlessness and all these kind of uh, hindrances. And said that he said that she said that uh, uh, we mentioned also about observation and investigation and. Uh, letting go also, and then uh, going to equanimity, up to equanimity. And she said that, uh, she asked whether there's a process that can lead us to equanimity. I, yes, there is, as you said, the first thing is to observe. Without observation, you cannot go easily to equanimity because equanimity is a, a high uh, uh, state of mind. Uh, it's a very exalted state of mind. Uh, it requires to accumulate enough wisdom, <laughs> accumulate enough mindfulness. In fact, wherever equanimity is given is always the last one. You, you find it in the seven factors of enlightenment. It's from mindfulness, it's continuous application of mindfulness. Then you go uh, into the energy, investigation. So there's always many factors before equanimity. Even when you look at the, the ten paramis, the ten perfections, equanimity is the last one. So. Uh, yeah, yes, definitely there's a process, and what the first, of course, is being mindful of the process, uh, of the hindrance in question. Then you, you observe it, you don't, uh, you, you don't attach to, the, uh, to the, that hindrance, you, you don't indulge in it, you don't uh, um, ignore it, you don't uh, uh, push it away, and then you investigate in, in terms of change, impermanence, uh, unsatisfactoriness, impermanence nature, I mean impersonal nature of that process. And then with that uh, increased awareness and mindfulness and understanding and wisdom, all these kind of all these come things coming together and working together in, in unison, what comes out of that is actually detachment. You you let go and with that kind of letting go, you are not swayed with the the, the extremes of liking and disliking, right? So you actually keep away from the extremes of holding on to the experience or uh, pushing it away or ignoring it. Then you go to that, uh, that place of equanimity. Does that help? Yes. yes. So there's a process. So I think this is enough for now. There will be a Q&A session where you are, we are going to explain further because some of the questions you're asking they're more involved they need to know you need to more a little bit other teaching you know so this is just a brief and uh, this much i can do in a short time but uh, yes we'll explain more if i haven't explained to you deeply you ask the same question during q and a and then we'll uh, go deeper <laughs> thank you very much for love your question just check the board for meetings to make sure
again, check your bo the board <laughs> to make sure where you're going to have interview. <laughs> but don't overcheck. <laughs> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.